Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, the number one podcast that pays its hosts with Bitcoin vouchers from Mt. Gox. I'm your host, Brian. Joining this evening, Mac. Good evening, everybody. And of course, Ian. Greetings. And as we are a proud member of the Dumbass Media Network, the Dumbass himself. Insert clever witticism here. Excellent. How is everybody doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah? Doing good, keeping busy. Got, I actually have a story I'm working on for an anthology that has an actual deadline for once, which is quite weird. First time I've ever worked on a deadline. Then I'm in a couple weeks, I will be at AnomalyCon again this year. But um, one big thing is I am hosting and running the Doctor Who trivia contest there. So I have to put together all the trivia questions for that. So I'm finding fun ways to entertain myself right now. <laughs> All right. Hey, did uh, none of you tried to to um, use those Bitcoin vouchers for Mt. Gox, right? No, no. And, and none of you realize why that's humorous, right? No. Excellent. Okay, good. I good. <laughs> yep. I, I love it probably, when a joke uh, fails. I should probably mention uh, up front here <laughs> because uh, I've plugged the amateur skeptics there for uh, uh, quite a while, um, but uh, I've been taking part in. Um, this uh, online Google Hangout on Saturdays, um, and the, we're now calling ourselves the um, Irreverent Skeptics. Yeah, they're I, setting I, up a, a podcast there, so um, you know, uh, it's they've got uh, the stuff set up at irreverentskeptics.com, and there's a YouTube uh, channel too with uh, all the Hangouts that we've done. Uh, if anybody wants to go check them out, I've been plugging the Amateur Skeptics there for um, several months now. Oh, that's great! I appreciate that. Yeah, um, Mike Bowler's a part of that. Who else is part of that? Yeah, um, yeah, Mike, Mike Bowler, um, Mike Bowler actually was the one who um, invited me. He said, "Look, we're doing this thing. I'd uh, be happy if you joined us." And I'm like, oh, "Okay." And uh, so I joined them, and I've been uh, uh, hanging out with them. And uh, we're setting them up in podcast format now, and the, a bunch of them are coming out. So anybody wants to listen to that, it's irreverentskeptics.com. All right, and we will put a link to that in the show notes. So is that part of the Dumbass Media Empire as well? Sorry, what was that? I'm sorry. Is is that another? Is that also part of the Dumbass Media Empire, or is it a separate venture? Yes, yes. They've, yeah, okay, uh, good. Yeah, they've elected to come on as uh, one of our uh, brother podcasts. Excellent. Yeah, it's it's good that you guys finally get some premium content. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's start off. Um, I, you know, I did get a chance to see Cosmos, but uh, Ian, you you got to see the first uh, new edition of Cosmos. Is that correct? Correct. So, um, for those who didn't know. Uh, last night was the premiere of the new Cosmos. Um, and of course, regretfully, um, Carl Sagan is not available. So they went and, um, actually, interestingly enough, the main, my understanding is one of the main forces behind it is Seth MacFarlane, known for, um, the creator of Family Guy. But obviously he wasn't going to be hosting it because, um, he's not a scientist. Well, now he's, but, the, he's producing it, right? He's but, an executive producer of it and he more or less pushed it through. Um, my well, understanding uh, okay. is a big reason why this is happening is because he said, hey, listen, I want to do this. And with his success right now, Fox isn't telling him no. Right. Well, and Neil deGrasse Tyson is a, is also a big name, but also yes. Carl Sagan's um, wife was also a major factor in getting yes. this done. Now, um, it, it very much pays homage to the old one. You have um, you they use Carl Sagan's voice in the opening and closing of it. You know, so, and um, in fact, it ends with a really great tribute um, by Tyson to Carl Sagan, who apparently um, he uh, gives a very personal story about um, the two of them and how um, when Tyson was. Um, 
17, he actually met up with Carl Sagan and they spent a day together. And he, um, he has a lot of, you know, real personal stuff about that, um, for, towards him and a book that, um, Carl signed for him at that time that obviously is a very important treasure for him. So, you know, it, it has a great connection to the old show with, with that. And, um, the show itself, I, 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 at first I was sitting here like, okay, you're starting off with the basics that I know that everyone knows and, you know, but not, I guess not everyone knows. Hopefully, it, you know, some people look in, you know, got to thinking, you know, regretfully, I know enough science that it started off with a lot of stuff. I was like, okay, you know, and most of it is stuff that people who, you know, study science should already know. At least in this first episode, you know, I'm thinking the series will probably progress. You can't tell from, the, you know, where it's going to go. But it's set for a 13-episode run right now. I liked it. Um, even like I said, I, most of the stuff he was covering, I already knew, but, um, some real impressive visual effects that hopefully will draw people in. Uh, I think, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson did an exceptional job, um, you know, hosting it and, you know, giving it a presence, which definitely is one thing that you figure it needs, you know, someone who can really do that. And he did a, um... Now, isn't the Fox plan to run the episodes out of order and cancel it early? <laughs> Seriously, though, I'm, I'm, I saw the commercials for it. I'm very interested in it. I just didn't get a chance to watch it yet. Right. And it's airing on Fox, and apparently, um, according to the article I have linked here, it's also airs at the same time on FX. Then it will switch over and do an airing on um, National Geographic. So they're definitely playing it up, making sure people can find it and watch it. Yeah. Um, the main thing to me about they're it, actually though, hitting pretty pretty wide demographic on that too. Yeah, hopefully that, that's what. Well, I mean, they for. can't just keep it on, you know, on. On Fox, they, they've got to get it onto a real TV station, <laughs> not just a Fox affiliate. But uh, basically, to me, one of the main reasons I want to promote this show and I want it to do good is because I want more shows like this and less shows like Ghost Hunter. I yeah. want to see uh, this being a marketable thing and seeing net networks saying, hey, let's do real science. <laughs> let's do stuff that actually inspires. Because I, I wasn't here for the talk about... Um, uh, Bill Nye versus um, Ham. But one of the things about Bill Nye that won it for me, for him, was his passion. Ham, it was interesting because you think the creationists would have the passion. I didn't see passion in him. I saw passion in Bill Nye. And when he talked about exploration, when he talked about the possibilities of science, that sent a chill to me. That was the same kind of thing here in Cosmos with Tyson. When he was talking about the possibilities, about you know, what is out there to discover and all this stuff, it was done in a fashion that, wow, you know, it's inspiring. It brings you in. It makes you think, you know, what are we part of? And that to me is so powerful that when, you know, you get these scientists out there talking about it and they can give you that feeling, that is what is just awesome. And I want to see more shows like that. I want to see more shows saying science is important. Science is powerful. Let's, you know, put our energies into this because this is what's really important. This is what matters more so than your um, BS reality crap out there that, you know, let, let's see what these people are fighting about this week and crap like that. It's like, no! Right. Do something well, you know, inspirational. The, the, the fact that they're putting it on after Family Guy, Family Guy tends to attract <clears throat> a pretty wide demographic, too. It tends to attract people both who are kind of a, a lowest common denominator as far as, you know, as far as humor goes, but it also tends to attract people who are looking for kind of a sophisticated parody as well. Yeah. Um, I liked these, this quote from Neil deGrasse Tyson in the article here. It says, there are people who don't know they like science. 
they have a little flame inside them of curiosity, and we're going to fan that flame. That's but, the, nice. but there is another category of people, the people who don't uh, – who know they don't like science, and uh, they've got no flame at all. So we're going to go there and light it. So we're going to go there and light it. So, yeah. So I thought that 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 was great. Yeah, and like I said, that's one of the things that he, when he talks about the possibilities and stuff. It to me was inspiring. It was one of those things that you hope the right people see that and say, "Wow, maybe that's what I should do. That's what I should focus on and see what I can discover for the future." All right. You know, all that, right. So okay, go watch it. The first episode just came out yesterday. You can probably find it all over the place online, and you know. The 13-episode run, run, let's see what they do with it. Okay. So uh, last week our, we had a, a big Bigot of the Week section, and this week I only have is an update basically for the uh, Bigot of the Week. And I have to open modes here. Um, so uh, we talked about uh, the bill in Arizona, basically the discrimination bill that would basically and, – and essentially – and I don't know that we covered this, but it basically gave special rights to religion. And and that's a problem that I think we have a tendency to do in, uh, in the U.S. is um, – when we're erring on the side of caution, that we will give spe- uh, special speech rights to a certain group, and in this case, they were trying to give special speech rights to um, to religious organizations or religious um, business owners to discriminate against um, gays that would go against you know their religion. That would be a, and, and and actually, I'm not sure why it's against the religion to serve them, but uh, they would have the right to refuse service. And uh, there's an outcry about this. Um, not surprising. There was an outcry, not about the, not about, about making it uh, official, about making it like legally, legally, uh, doable. Well, it it wasn't even that. I, and and that might be true that I know I don't think the bill could have stuck because of our anti-discrimination laws. Even I know that we had a discussion about whether, whether that was the right way to approach this stuff, but we have those laws in place and, you know, we have reasons that we, that we've gone this way, but I, I really think, think that this kind of discrimination was no, no different than how they discriminated against blacks. Right. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, um, but that being said, there was a, there, um, the, uh, NFL, the Super Bowl committee, what, um, there were some fears there that this, that the NFL might take the Super Bowl somewhere else. Um, Apple, uh, I think their headquarters is there. They, so, and so they were, they were, you know, they urged the, uh, they urged Jan Brewer not to, um, write the bill in. Uh, Delta Airlines, American Airlines, Marriott Hotels, and of course their senators, John McCain and Jeff Flake. Um, and then after this all happened, other senators that uh, Republican senators that voted for this in um, originally started going, wait a second. Uh, hey, we, we, we actually don't want this to go through. And so even people who had originally voted for it after they saw the outcry from businesses said, hey, uh, actually, this isn't a good idea and, and urged her to veto it. And then, of course, there was a whole nother section who um, who said basically if this doesn't go through, it'll be because of the um, – Gay um, lobbyists who you know who who prevented this from passing, which I mean that's kind of the history of our you know of our legislature anyway at this point is you know lobbyists kind you know decide which way we go. So this so what the I mean it's good that this didn't pass right. She well, she vetoed it. I think was on it the last other hand, it? however, it, it is kind of sad that uh, as I understand it, if the bill had passed, the Westboro Baptist Church was going to move their headquarters down to Arizona. <laughs> Well, I uh, I think you're making uh, 
broad assumptions here. I am. Yeah, yeah, but that's probably a good reason why she would um, veto it if that was right. But nobody, none of these were. These were all economics. All these, so all these companies are going. Wait a second. We have, you know, we're not going to discriminate, and we feel uncomfortable about a state that that's passing this bill, right? So all, but ultimately, Jan Brewer was was being. uh, She listened to the constituents, I guess, but I think ultimately it was a it was a business decision, right, as opposed to a moral decision. Most likely. Or she was just, you know, using that as an excuse, you know, in order to uh, make it palatable to more people. <laughs> sure. I mean, she was probably going to veto it anyway, just on the practical side. Right. But the fact that there was such an outcry um, w- helped a lot because they don't want to lose the Super Bowl. They don't want to, you know, they don't want Apple to move their headquarters. Um, I don't know. And Delta and uh, and American Airlines were – I'm not sure what quite what their interests are there. I know they fly there, but I don't know if they have more interest there or not. So there we go. Got I, think it's, I think it's kind of important to say here though. Um, you said uh, – yeah, there, there, I do kind of agree with you that there are um, parallels uh, between this and the civil rights movement. But it's not exactly – like black people during that time had it a lot harder than gays had um, I'm not I, – I wouldn't disagree with you on that point. But I guess the similarity is that we are picking a certain subgroup of people. That might not even be a great way to say it. And we're choosing to 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 actively discriminate against that group. The uh, the word I was looking for earlier was institutionalizing that discrim- that discrimination. Okay, sure. Yeah. So no, I you're right. They 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 had it far worse. But what if what if this law allowed them to slip down that road? So and I and, and I think I'm not, that, I'm not sure if that could happen. If it I, would, I if hope it, you're if right, even be able to yeah. slip down that road in order. Like you mean like to like one day they, if these kind of laws passed, there would be um, gay and straight drinking fountains. <laughs> exactly right. I mean, we are talking about Arizona. Well, the backs of buses would be far better decorated. <laughs> yeah. No, you're probably right that it could never have gone that far. Um, and I think, and I don't think the law was constitutional anyway, based on our constitution. No. Whether whether we think that uh, you know let these people be jerks or not, I don't think that uh, our constitution allows for it at this point. So, but yeah, no, certainly they they do not have it nearly as bad. But part of the reason for that they don't have it as bad is that part of that road has already been paved for them. So, well, you know, my position on this is that you know, uh, you freedom doesn't mean anything if it's just a freedom to do things that everybody else agrees with. You know I, and I yeah, I, I and I get that. On the other hand, we have anti-discrimination laws that we've put in place in this country that, you know, as a society, we've said, hey, this is, you know, or, uh, you know, this is how we're going to behave. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of a, a difficult balance. Like, yeah. like we were saying last week, it, it's a difficult balance, but it's one where I think um, I would like to see uh, the discussion move more to the side of giving uh, more freedom whenever possible. Well, yeah, but this isn't about religious freedom, which is what um, the people who wanted the bill passed said it is. Um, religious freedom has nothing to do with you. Completely free to practice your religion as you want. No one's stopping you. But this is about saying people are people and you have to treat them fairly. Well, you so, know, I'm not obligated to treat everybody fairly in my regular life. Yeah, I, you know what, and, and I, I got to say, I'm not particularly, if if... Like we had the um, that cake um, place here in Colorado that uh, didn't want to make a, a cake for a gay couple's wedding. I, I'm I, I I think that I'm not particularly opposed to them saying we don't feel comfortable with this. Go somewhere else, right? 
Yeah, and I mean that that's fine with me. You got there must be plenty of cake stores right. and it's like, you know, point point out that they're bigoted and just say, well, if you don't want my business, I won't give you my money. Right, and, but they got they I mean they they were um we found against them, right? I mean they they were found they, they were found in violation of discrimination laws. I I'm pretty sure I'd have to go refresh yes. myself on the story. Yeah. They they lost the case. Yeah, they lost the case, but I'm not so sure that they should have. Uh, well, see, that's the, not one point. That's the tricky one because if they would have won, where does it stop? You know, we have, um, you know, we've covered stuff about Catholic hospitals who won't um, perform medical abortions that will actually save the mother's life. Well, because- uh, now I I think you're treading on different territory now, though, because now we're talking about, uh, I mean, we're now we're talking about health concerns and people's lives. Well, also, we're talking about we're not talking about refusing. We're talking about refusing certain procedures, but we're not actually talking about refusing service. Well, and I don't even think that – I think when it comes to medical situations, I, I take a different approach that I don't right. think that but they, they should be – Yeah. where does one's religious freedoms stop and start? And if you're saying, you know, well, you, you can tell someone – I mean soon you will have business say, I want nothing but Catholics only here. Yeah, that'd be poor business and they probably won't last long. But at the same time, it's definitely discrimination. Right, but one – but wait a second. But one is a hospital. And one makes cakes. I know. I'm. Yeah. But so still, we we agree that the cakes one is far more vital. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but there's still a level of you know if, if we tell one group okay you have the religious freedom to discriminate why can't the other group have it oh because oh, I don't I don't think it should be based on religion at all why why yeah. why does it have to be based on religion shouldn't I just I, have the I, right I to see, discriminate I don't see this as a religious uh, freedom thing myself I think it's just a general freedom thing people yeah. uh, should have general freedom religious it doesn't matter. Like people always bring up uh, their religious freedom as though their religion, the fact that their opinion is backed by some sort of organized religion is important in any way at all. No, you, you have the freedom of your opinions and you have a free, freedom to a certain extent to act based on those opinions. Uh, having it as a religious thing doesn't give it any extra weight, I don't think. Right, I agree. It should not. Right, but, this, but, but actually, but, you know what? To that point, this bill was specifically about religious freedom, right, for them to discriminate. So based on what you're saying there, dumbass, it didn't go far enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, you give it, if you want to give people uh, if people's religious opinions extra weight, that's uh, not something I'm cool with. Um, I think people should have uh, the right uh, to be, you know, uh, yeah, to be assholes as much as possible, um, and to you know, like, um, as long as there's not a really compelling reason to limit their freedom, uh, it's just like I said, you don't you don't need freedom to do something that everybody agrees with. Right. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, we've had this discussion. Yeah. All last week. Um, I, I think that I'd like to move on. We we can we can have it again in the future, but we just had it last week, so let, let's go ahead and move on. That's good. And All we right. probably will. And we <laughs> probably will. Yeah. Yes, exactly. No, and that's great. I'm and, up for it. Let's move on. Yeah, okay. All right. So a uh, man accidentally kills himself during demonstration on gun safety. Now, this title is a little misleading because the guy, you know, had three <laughs> guns and he had been drinking. And he was showing, is it a wife or a girlfriend? I forget. Um, I that basically, girlfriend. yeah, that basically an unloaded gun was safe and he, you know, and the third gun had a bullet in the chamber and boom, he's dead. Well, I, I think that he demonstrated quite adequately that an unlo- unloaded gun is safe. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, the unloaded gun was safe. He also demonstrated that he had no clue about what gun safety is. Yes, yes. I, I don't hear the NRA out there telling us that, uh, it's all been farm raised. What's going on in the background there? 
I, I opened the window and it started playing the video. Oh, I see. So, well, that's great. Um, I'm I, I'm glad that farm raised chicken is available to us. Um, it's not really part of our story though. It was a gun safety link. <laughs> with with chickens with with it's insane. All right. <laughs> this is why you it should, about yeah. cows with guns because I've heard that song. Yeah, and it ends with chickens and choppers. All right. So anyway, so but so hillbilly God's wife um, chimed in on this. You know, I, I I didn't think it was that big a story, but you know, since Hillbilly God's wife said that we needed to cover it, here's Hillbilly God's wife. And we're always open to stealing bits from cognitive dissonance. A- absolutely. Well, you know what? Uh, quite frankly, the bit was ours. She sent it to them, and they played it, right? But you know, Hillbilly God, Billy God, we we had the connection first. And I'll steal anything from those guys. What are they gonna do? Sue me? I'm up. Bring for it, it on, Cecil. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's Hillbilly God's wife. Daddy Junior, this is your wife speaking. Stop sending folks down here to the double wide. We ain't got room for any more of them snake handling preachers. Why, that last one is going to have to sleep double with his pappy. And you know you don't like men sleeping together. Not ever. Not even if and they ain't related. I can't put another bunk bed in that room where them gun safety instructors sleep. Are you listening, Daddy Junior? That last fella from Michigan is going to have to sleep double with one of them others who just died the exact same way a few weeks ago. Now listen, Daddy Junior, you're going to have to build more bunks out there in that loafing shed. I need you to stop by the feed store co-op and pick up some wooden pallets. You don't want them dead men sleeping together, sharing a bunk, and rubbing their sails up against each other all night. Whew, is it getting hot in here? Hey, Daddy Junior, I just got me an idea. You ought to tell them gun safety folks that pointing guns at their own heads and then pulling the trigger just ain't safe. Or maybe you could stop them from killing themselves in the first place. Thank you, Daddy Junior. You know, what strikes me about this story here is it, it actually reminds me of the deaths of a couple of actors, Brandon Lee and John Eric Hexum. Well, the number one rule of gun safety is treat every gun as if it's loaded. You that don't is the number one rule. Yeah, even if you think there's no bullets, in it, you don't point it at your head and pull the trigger. That's just fucking stupid. Right. But you guys, Hillbilly God's wife is more interested in where where they're going to house all these dead people. <laughs> well, you know, she's taking it as God killing, and clearly God is not killing them. This is Charles Darwin's work. Well, no, God is allowing these people to to um to kill themselves. I mean, he didn't stop them. He didn't take that bullet out of the gun, and he certainly didn't have, show up as an apparition and say, "Hey, listen, not the third one." <laughs> now, now, tell me, did, did did he did he try to fire the gun and it failed to shoot, and then he looked down the barrel? Is that how it happened? I I I have no idea. I assume that he's putting him to his head, and the third one actually fired. He had three different guns. Yeah. Now, one of the main things with um these people, the NRA group, is the case would look so much better if they stopped having idiots busy defending this stuff. It, it seems like they have some of the biggest bunch of idiots that come out there and do dumb things with guns, telling us how safe guns are. And, let, let's pull a gun on, flash it on. Hey, look, everyone, this thing's perfectly safe, huh? It's like, okay, uh, first rule of gun safety. Says you don't do stuff like that. It's treat it like it's loaded. You don't wave it around like an idiot. You say, you know, and yet it's like, do these people that want to tell us how safe guns are not take the gun safety courses first? I don't know. Would it, I, I, wouldn't it be funny to have Wayne LaPierre showing us this very demonstration? <laughs> 
let's let's get rid of him too. Well, wasn't there also recently in uh, an Al Qaeda like uh, suicide bomber trainer who was uh, demonstrating his uh, yeah. technique and uh, blew up the entire class? Yep. Wow. <laughs> you know, but I the, got two words for you on that: natural fucking selection. Not if they already bred. That's the problem. Is Stops that the, is you from that, doing mm, it again? Well, but okay, but I mean, still, like, you can't get a Darwin Award if you've already bred. Well, hopefully, it teaches the kids not to be as stupid as their parents. You can oh at least God. be a runner-up. Okay, but here's the thing: is that let's uh, the other the other factor here, and that we're like ignoring for comedic effect, is he had been drinking, right? Yeah. This yes. this dumbass went, went, was drinking <laughs> and then playing with guns. <laughs> it said it says here. Uh, the man's girlfriend told authorities he had been drinking most of the day before the incident took place. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm, another part of the vet safety would say, don't play with guns when you're drunk. You know, I'm actually wondering if, uh, you know, obviously his judgment was impaired, but I'm also wondering if maybe there was some element of depression in there, too. If he had already been drinking most of the day, um, just the sense here is that he was probably not a happy drunk. I, I, I don't I don't even care. Ultimately, he he was he he had been impaired, and he did a gun safety lesson. Yeah, <laughs> it and wasn't now, a gun safety lesson. Anything anything he was or ever will be is moot. Well, I mean, yeah. here's here's the thing: is that I mean, the the lesson was a success, right? Yes. <laughs> Treat every gun as if it's loaded. Right. So yeah. he got his point across. Right. So, he got his point yeah, right. across. Now, what, so the gun can be loaded, but I can't? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes, exactly. Oh, that was, that was great. All right. But you know what? I mean, the, the question is always when these people die, they're not all going to fit in the double wide. So got to make some room. All right. Speaking of loaded, want to play telephone? <laughs> all right. So I I. First of all, the, the original story on this was sent by uh, one of our listeners, Howard, and he sent the last parrot story, and he knows what I like, apparently. <laughs> yes, apparently. But what what struck me about this one is the fact that we've got a minor, well, we've got a crime from 2006. A woman was murdered. Her husband is a journalist. The murder was committed by their nephew. Um, didn't think anybody was going to be in the house. Broke in to steal some stuff and some money. Was surprised by his aunt. Killed her. Killed the dog. Uh, didn't take into account the fact that the parrot observed the murder. So because of the way the story boils down, because of the parrot's behavior toward the nephew, or when the nephew was mentioned, they became suspicious that something was wrong. And the nephew did eventually confess to the murder and was therefore convicted of it. What is fascinating about this particular story is that this took place in 2006, but we've got sources reporting it as if it's current all over the place. I Let's see, how many articles did we put in here? Was two, three, four, five? Nine. We put nine articles in here, and that wasn't half of the ones that I saw. That really? I saw. But okay, they so what's, the interesting ones. what's the latest date on, on this as being recorded as a current February story? February 27th. February 27th of this year. 2014, yes. Wow, and it's the same story over again. It's the same story, yeah. And um, it, in some versions of the story, the parrot hears the nephew's name and said, he killed, he killed. In some versions of the story, and I don't believe that because the the circumstances under which a parrot would learn the word "killed" and understand what it meant are 
It's repetition. They have to learn that through repetition. They would have to learn it through repetition and they'd have to have a context. Yeah. So unless unless there was a lot of discussion of murder around that parrot, it wouldn't necessarily know the word kill. And even <laughs> even still putting it, I mean, the yeah. I, I can understand the bird maybe acting suspicious, but even yeah. even still, I have I'll trouble that. with that because of the idea that you have to, it would be repetition. Just hearing the name, I, I'm skeptical that that's enough just to make the bird act suspicious with that right there. But, um, you know, I, we both know, Brian, you and I both know that parrots behave based upon certain criteria. They say words they hear us say, they hear, they say words to get reactions, and they say words that they know will get them rewarded in terms of behavior. You know, for instance, my my bird has taken to calling me daddy because he knows that's a get out of the cage free pass anytime. Because I hear him and I go, oh. Sure, they they can learn those cues. Yeah. Right? But um, but but what you want to tell me is that one murder and and now this cue exists with with the name of the killer. Yeah. That's what that's what they would have us believe in the articles. Yes. But the uh I, I think of of all the articles, I think the one who got it right was the Daily Mail. <laughs> because really? the parrot's name was Hercule, and they made the Agatha Christie connection there. Hercule Parrot. And I don't think – Ian, you know what that is. I'm sure you know. Everybody oh, else is – I get your reference. Friends. Okay, you get the reference. Good. Because, you know, Agatha Christie, for anyone who didn't get the reference, had a Belgian detective named Hercule Poirot. <laughs> I see. Yeah. So Daily Mail, they got it right. Um, the other thing on this, it's the same problem we had with the parrot articles of last week. And I, I believe I've hit upon what is actually happening. They have multiple pictures of multiple different types of birds. They don't have an actual representation of what the bird, what type of parrot this was or what its capabilities were. And I think that the reason that they don't have the representation of the actual type of bird is because all the birds that are being reported on in these articles are the uh, South Asian chameleon parrot, which can drastically reduce and change its size and coloration so as to appear as as if it were other parrots. <laughs> okay. The natural appearance of that bird is um, dark blue with yellow eyes and a bright red crest of feathers. So it's also known as the mystique parrot. The the birds in the story range from uh, well, there was a couple. The Indian ring neck parrot. I thought yeah, it was mentioned they had again. Pictures of an Indian ring neck right. parrot. Macaw. They had an African gray. Not yeah. in this one, but in the articles last week, they had an African gray. No, um, um, the, one of the articles says it was an African gray. In this one, yeah, okay. one of one of the articles says it's they an show African a gray. picture in the Daily Mail of a macaw with a bowler hat and a mustache and a monocle. <laughs> well, an eclectus was another one. I think I'm getting tango a monocle. Yeah, so all right. No, I mean here this goes on and on because some of these parrots are 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 probably capable of of that kind of interaction, and others of them aren't. You know, you and I are going to differ on this point because I think that I think that the parrots abilities to interact are going to be based upon how much interaction they're given rather than the uh rather than there are some species that are going to be smarter than others but i think that even the smallest and cheapest parrots that we see in this country which is the budgerigar parakeet people drastically underestimate how much how much interaction they will they will show if there's if there's if they're spent a lot of time with 
Yeah, well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, for, for them to do what these articles are talking about, it takes a certain amount of intelligence from the bird that a budgie and that a, that these green, like our green tree conures don't have, right? It's got to be a bigger bird. And usually in the articles, they show pictures of bigger bird, but they never tell us what kind of bird it is. No, they do not. And, you know, we've talked about the capabilities of cockatoos. We've talked about the capabilities of the African gray. Um but those are incredible. Those have, two species are incredibly smart, even compared to are. even compared to some of the you know other large birds. Like both those species, I think are far more intelligent than um, than the macaw, right? And, and the macaw is a fairly have smart bird. Experience with the macaw to make a judgment on that. Well, those ones are certainly better talkers than the macaw, right? Yeah. And the macaw is not well, a great the grays, talker. Actually, the grays are. I think the grays are not supposed to be as good at talkers, but they're supposed to be. You know, the the famous one, the uh, Alex, the African gray. And his reasoning abilities. No, they're considered the number one talker. Number two being the yellow, uh, the double yellow-headed Amazon, mm. and then the Eclectus uh, coming in at three. Okay. And, and the Eclectus. I've talked to people who say that Greys don't really talk; they just make a lot of sound effects. Yeah, no, I mean that they're, they're so. yeah, so that yeah, they're excellent mimics, right? So they're very good. Yeah, mimics. and I think they, I think what we can say for sure here is that um, <laughs> the uh, the the fact uh, that the bird was acting funny around uh, this guy and got it spooked by his name it it's not really anywhere near enough to really cement anything you know but uh, i guess it's cause enough for somebody to be suspicious right but my bird yeah it's, yeah. it's cause enough for suspicion but without the confession there's no way they should have been able to convince right. the guy but i my you know i have a um a um a red-fronted parrot and he doesn't really like he he like he likes a very few people right um he he doesn't like my mom he the kids most of the time he doesn't like he's okay with me and my wife um but and certainly they he can tell that they have a little bit of fear of him and so he just doesn't want to deal with him that's part of it right uh but he he already doesn't he doesn't you know respond well to those people already so if one of them kills me you know that 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 bird is going to be useless for testimony are you planning on being killed by one of them? No, that's not the point. Uh, I, okay. <laughs> no, I understand your point. I just that was just kind of a grim note for a take. <laughs> was it? Yeah, I took a took a real twist on that for you, didn't I? All right, Mac, you are banned from parrot stores. No more. There's been like three weeks. Okay. No so more parrot stories this week. For, 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 not this week. Yeah. <laughs> no, you are banned for for what? I think we've had parrot stories the last three weeks. So you are banned for parrot stories for the next three, next three shows. No parrot stories. All right. I have to find some crow stuff. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, that's a bird. Oh no, no birds. Let's say bir- no birds. Find something else. Or you know who everybody likes? Oh no, burrowing owls. Oh god, no birds. Three weeks. You've got. You've got. A, you have a, a problem, and uh, we're going to help you through this. So, shall we move on to victories for common sense? Yes. What would Sagan do in honor of uh, the new cosmos? Um, <clears throat> do you guys know who Tim Geithner is? Or no, I'm sorry, not Geithner. I keep saying Geithner, but that's the the federal guy, uh, Tim Cook. Well, now that I've read the articles, yeah. Okay, good. So Tim <laughs> Cook is the CEO of Apple. He took over for Steve Jobs, and um, you know, since he's taken over, he's he's made efforts to um, make the company more green, more you know, look at more renewable renewable energies and some stuff like that. And uh, we should note that um, you know, a member of the board is Al Gore, is a member of Apple's board. Um, so, but there is a uh, conservative think tank out there, and uh, and they claim to be nonpartisan, but let's face it, they're an extremely partisan group. Um, the guy running the 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 guy who's uh, who goes out to talk to all these people, his name is uh, Justin uh, Danhoff, and uh, I, I was making some notes of other companies 
that uh, Dan Hoff um, uh, has also addressed for um, – I guess some of them are similar, but uh, Dan Hoff was um, talking. He he had introduced a um, a proposal, um, and I and I did find the proposal, and I finally was able to read that. But basically, what he claimed the proposal was doing is he wanted that wanted the company to be more transparent about where their dollars are going when it comes to um, uh, like renewable sources and and uh, and um. And basically, you know, if if when the packaging that they're choosing, because one of the things that Apple is trying to do is use more recyclables, and um and and I think it's probably smaller packaging and some stuff like that, um you know, to reduce the carbon footprint. And um and Denhoff wanted basically wants to know what the bottom line is for these things, how how much how much basically they're costing their shareholders when they do these things. And um, Tim Cook finally uh, had it with him. Um, and he told him, uh, "We see we do things because they are the right and just, and this is who we are. Um, that's who this. That's that's who the company are. As that's who we are as a company. And I don't think about uh, and and when I think about human rights, I don't think about ROI, return on investment. Uh, when I think about making our products accessible to people that can't or that can't see or can't help a kid with autism. You want me that, to jump in here, Ryan? Yeah, please. Go ahead and read this for me. Okay. Start from uh, the beginning I so I can cut out my bumbling. accessible for the people that can't see or to help a kid with autism, I don't think about a bloody ROI. And, when, and by the same token, I don't think about helping our environment from an ROI point of view. I'm sorry. Are you ad-libbing? No, that's exactly what it said. Bloody ROI? It's in the text. It is. Oh, yeah, there it is at the end. Yeah, he did. Um, so basically, he told this guy, listen, <laughs> you know, it's not – but the thing that I loved most about this, that he finally told – he says, if all you're concerned about is ROI, then maybe – then you should take your money elsewhere. And I thought that was pretty bold because, you know, one thing we keep hearing is that, you know, that these companies are responsible to shareholders and, and basically making them a profit, right? And we see this a lot in business that, um, that they will forsake certain things that would, that would be better because they will cost money and, and then the shareholders will get upset. And at least Apple is making a stand and saying, listen, we're a company. We have certain values and those values aren't always about ROI. Well, the values that they're talking about, the values they're espousing, are about making sure their return on investment is to making sure make sure there's a tomorrow. Well, and that was, but the other thing is that he tried to explain to uh, to Dan Hoff is that these make sense in in a long term investment strategy as well. That, but ultimately, this this organization that he's a member of, the National Center for Public Policy Research, is uh, is anti global warming, right? They don't they they, they in in the um. In the article that I got from them, um, not the, is that this not this lawn article, um, the other one. Um, well, also, there's a point to be made here too that uh, a company has a certain um, type of uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A certain uh, word of mouth that goes around about the company. They they have a, a reputation. That's what I'm I was looking for. Sure. Um, and um, if people see a company in a good light, that's really good for the long term uh, productivity of that company. Uh, if you have like a good public image. And um, that's the kind of thing it would be short-sighted to give up on their public image in order to focus on short-term profits. Yeah, Very much so. Yeah, and so um, the so uh, the article that was was so I, I put two articles in there. One were basically uh, f uh, they favored um, 
Tim Cook's response. The other one was the response from the National Center for Public Policy and Research. And what I love about this is the first line on here is Tim Cook to Apple invest investors drop dead. That's the approach that that he did in in what I, you know, I don't know yeah, in his press release. That basically um, he was telling his investors to drop dead. No, that's not what he said. He never told them to drop dead. He did tell them that maybe their money would be better somewhere else if all they were looking for was ROI. And let's face it, you know, Apple's profitable. They haven't had an issue coming up with profits. Nope. And so uh, making them more green is actually a good strategy for the to market to the people that are buying those products, I think. Um, it says – so in the press release, it says, Mr. Tim Cook made it very clear to me that if I or any other investor was more concerned with return on investment than reducing carbon uh, dioxide emissions, my investment is no longer welcome at Apple. Now, he did not say that. He didn't say it's not welcome. He said he just invited them to take their money elsewhere, right, which I guess you can interpret that as telling them that their money wasn't welcome. Well, and I, I can kind of interpret it as – the more money they put into Apple, the more control they've got over Apple's direction. So I could see it as, you know, take your money and get out of here. It's not welcome here. But that's not quite exactly what he said. That is, um, Dan Huff asked Apple CEO Tim Cook about company's green energy pursuits. Dan Huff asked whether or not the company's environmental investments increased or decreased the company's bottom line. Actually, I got to say, um, the uh, <laughs> this is actually quite well written. His press release—it's much easier to read than the stuff from Tim Cook. <laughs> when what he what he said uh, off the top of his head, um, it's largely because he doesn't use the word bloody in there. Yeah, exactly. He didn't use the word bloody. He was not quite. But I mean, basically, you know, they he, the press release you know blasts them for um, you know for following Al Gore's um, and his. Chimera, chimera of climate Chimar change. Chimera. Chimera. Okay. So if Apple, if Apple wants to follow Al Gore and his chimera of climate change, it does so at its own peril. Danhoff, uh, Danhoff said. Well, what so, I love is at one point they're criticizing the fact that they're more focused on primarily social benefits than just, um, Traditional business goals. It's like, actually, I would applaud a company that sure. said, hey, we want to look at what will benefit society itself rather than just make us a little extra money. Right. And so um, they both uh, – so And that, that's just what I was saying about a company's reputation, uh, putting, yeah. a, uh, putting out an effort uh, to uh, do stuff that gives your company a good, a rep, good reputation, uh, even if it uh, affects short-term profits. That's uh, ultimately good for the company. Yeah. I agree. Um, so – um, they Apple is a member of the RILA, um, which is a um, which is a retail sustainability investment, and it's a group that basically is trying to to make more sustainable business, yeah, basically greener and stuff like that. And they're a member of this business. And uh, there's a couple of other companies that Dan Hoff has gone after that are a member of this as well. Um, what was I thinking? Uh, I think it was the Marriott. Has he bought into those companies also? Which one? Well, Danhoff, okay, so what, he bought into those companies. Okay, so what Danhoff is doing is he is representing the National Center for Center for Public Policy Research, and so that company has gone and bought shares in all of these different businesses so that they can, so that they can go and speak at board meetings, which they have an opportunity to do with at these boards um, once a year. They have bought into um, Disney, Comcast, Marriott, 
and uh, and and probably in many others. I don't know what the complete list is. Um, but it's interesting when he goes to talk to these people. So he talks to he talked to uh, I think it was Mary uh, was it Mary Marriott about the about this same sustainability issue. He he was upset with Disney. Because he felt that they were um, promoting a liberal agenda when when most of the people when they're asked are conservative and he, so he thought that it would be better basically for um, for the return on investment if they if they stayed away from those those liberal agendas to which um, uh, oh well, that was the Comcast guy to no that was. MSNBC, that's Comcast. Yeah, to which he told him, I think we were doing a good job. We were doing a fine job. But he was also mad at them for uh, things that Rachel Maddow had said about about his organization. Well, um, you know, most people, most conservatives, when they're surveyed, will identify themselves as conservatives. Sure, but less and less people are. Right, but when they survey conservatives, most of them will identify. Themselves oh, I see what you're saying. Yes, like, yes. When you survey, well, no, okay. So there are what is it? Twenty nine percent of the United States that uh, that claims to be um, Republican, but you know, as registered Republicans, and uh, I think it's less for liberals. But interestingly enough, it's also it was also twenty nine percent of people surveyed that didn't know that the sun went around or that the Earth went around the sun. They thought the sun went around the Earth. Right. I you know no, I don't think that's but a coincidence. The, the important thing thing is it's, it's important to have those surveys so they can identify who is conservative and who is liberal so that they know who to survey when they're looking for conservatives. Yeah. To, so they can have a large number of people who identify themselves as conservatives. Right. So, but anyway, but I think that probably um, Damas is closest um, to, to, you know, to act the actual, you know, um, real realistically, what's going to happen here is that you know people are going to see Apple and see them try at least trying to be greener and trying to do the right thing, and I think that it's not going to hurt their bottom line at all. Ultimately, um, so I was so I just I, I thought that was great that he that you know he stood up for you know making the company greener and and doing the right thing as opposed to always looking at a return on investment. So I thought that was nice to see. That is yeah. nice. To see. Yeah, it actually makes me. I'm I'm not an Apple fan. But no. it does make me a little more kindly disposed toward the company when I see something like that. Yeah, and like you know, Apple's fine. It's the people who use their stuff that I don't like. Well, you know, my <laughs> from my personal standpoint, um, Apple's I don't consider themselves. I don't consider Apple machines to be serviceable because I can't service them. I I do I do my own PC repair, but when I when I want to buy a computer, I want to have something I can actually get in and service. Right, but people buying Apple products are generally are not as concerned about upgrades right. and repairing them themselves. And I'm also, just giving you the I'm yeah. giving you the basis for my my standpoint. No, they Apple. they are not tinker friendly. Because that's what's important is my stamp on it. Right, but I think their operating system has gotten better, and I think that you know, I mean, from like a security standpoint, I think that there are some benefits there. Albeit they're losing them quickly at the rate that they're going. Um, their security through obscurity is uh, is fading. Um, but yeah. I guess, you know, I mean, I don't like their – there's a lot of things I don't like about Apple. I don't like about how much – when they when they patch something, that they, how, how little they like to tell us. They like to keep you – know, they keep all their cards close to their chest about what they're doing and stuff like that. Uh, but I think that they have been fairly transparent um, when they're talking about um, – you know the kinds of things that they are doing to be more sustainable. Um, this idea that they aren't transparent enough—that um, Dan Hoff is, is claiming—we lost Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I I think that I think he's wrong, but I think that he's also a tool for you know his uh, particular um, uh, organization. You know that's what he's got to go do. That's what he gets paid to do. You're talking about Dan Hoff, not Dan Thomas. Hoff. Yeah, Dan Hoff, not Thomas. He doesn't get paid to do anything yeah. by Dan Hoff. I assume he should disclose that. If he does, he should let us know. Yeah, we should know what his agenda is. 
<laughs> All right. Um, do you guys want to talk about uh, failed hoaxes first or scams? Doesn't matter to me. Go ahead and do failed hoaxes because I just okay. chewed up a bunch oh, of time. So falling for hoaxes. Fall oh, falling for hoaxes. Falling okay. for hoaxes. Now, excellent. The, the general idea of this is one that's been rattling around in my head for a little bit. It's something to talk about on the podcast because sooner or later, everyone falls for a hoax. Uh, even us here at the Amateur Skeptics have, you know, gotten caught in some. And in fact, Brian um, almost got caught in one a few podcasts ago, but as soon as the podcast was over, he checked it out and pulled the whole piece from it. This was the actor from the Fast oh, and Furious. Yeah, 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 the Fast and Furious, yeah, that basically, yeah, yeah that, that, uh, um, but you caught that and pulled it out for um, the podcast, right? And right? I and, and I like to and that was one of the things that you know I pulled it from that particular podcast. But I I, I would like to insert that audio some of the time and talk about how I failed on that. But right. uh, but that's okay. Basically, what the hoax was was before the actual death, you know, the day before his death, there was a death death hoax, and that that was the hoax itself. There was right. never a death. But so you know we've got we've caught ourselves um, falling for this. So it's it's always interesting to see what hoaxes are out there. And the first one, um, when I read the initial article, I knew it was a hoax because um, you can't overdose on marijuana. Right. But the um, uh, you know, here in Colorado, we legalized marijuana. Uh, uh, let me, in I think you need to clarify the statement. You can actually overdose on mar marijuana in terms of the THC, but I don't think that it's physically possible to have that much. That's the problem. Yes, you, you, you but the uh, consuming that much marijuana, whether smoking it or ingesting it, it it's pounds. You, yeah. there's just, you, it's, it's, it's physically. It's not reasonable to, yeah. to you, think someone could you, overdose. You definitely can't, you definitely cannot consume that much in terms of eating it because you got to leave some room for the Doritos. <laughs> right. Well, so, so anyways, yeah. the day after it got legalized here in Colorado, a mock article was read saying marijuana overdoses killed 37 people in Colorado on first day of legalization. <laughs> and you know, it, it, it was a your standard mock you know, fun article talking about, you know, oh, they were right, the horrors, and, you know, actually having supposed interviews with people who, you know, were part of it and everything. Well, uh, the article got taken seriously by people. And you know, it's always interesting. And recently enough, I mean, this is a couple months later, a police chief in Maryland actually cited the article as testimony before a state Senate committee in order to defend keeping pot um, criminal. <laughs> it's like This is what happens when you do your internet research 10 minutes before you go in front of the committee. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And that's the, and you know what, and that's probably close to the truth because that's the same thing that happened to me with the other, with the story um, about uh, the guy from the past and the furious is that right. it, I didn't, I didn't take the time to actually research it. I just thought it was funny. So I threw it in there. <laughs> And well, I, it yeah. was wrong. Yeah, I love and the fact so that it, it was. I love the fact that the article came from the Rocky Mountain News, which there hasn't been a Rocky Mountain News in well yeah. over ten years. No, it's not. It's not ten years. I thought it was like five. Or, you know, it hasn't been that I think long. It's longer than that. I don't know. They got bought by the Post, and then eventually it 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 went to. They were going to try and do an online thing, and that went away. It. I guess it could be ten years. Holy mackerel! It's been a while. Yeah. But, you know, they, they had quotes from fictional characters and stuff. And it was, you know, the article itself was fairly well set up, you know, having a lot of stuff. If you even took five seconds to um, double check, it could find the flaws in it. Uh, yeah, but, you know, it was pretty obvious. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the, the fact that uh, um, the guy who what the, one of the guys who died was um, oh, um, God, what's the name? 
um, basically Pinkman, you know, Jesse well, Pinkman. Well, no, they, they quoted him in the article. They didn't actually say he died, but they, they quoted oh, okay. him in the article as well as Dr. Jack Shepard from Lost. Okay. Yeah, but, no, they, they quoted him as moving here to start to start a, a marijuana business, Jesse Pinkman. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't necessarily give you high hopes that this police chief really has – much common no, sense. No, no, no. But here's the thing is that he had an agenda and this and yep. this story fit his agenda and that's why he went with it. And this is this is common. I I mean we we do this. I think we do this too. You know, we we'll, we will cherry pick stories, you know? Um and and a lot of times I think we admit that we're cherry picking when we do this, but I but he that's what he did. The story fit his agenda. He cherry picked it and he went with it. Yeah. Only yeah, only like he to, got it from the Daily Current. <laughs> I'd like to throw something in here from uh, I read Hunter Thompson's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And there is a part of the, uh, a part of the story in there in which he, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing you guys know Hunter S. Thompson consumed vast quantities of drugs and alcohol through a pretty good portion of his life. I, I've seen the movie. <laughs> I have. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Um, there is a, there is a scene in the book and I don't remember if it was in the movie. It probably was, but there's a scene in the book where he attends a, a narcotics cops convention with false credentials and stoned out of his mind. I don't and remember he's, in the book or the movie, but he's he's absolutely amazed to discover that the information that the narcotics you narcotics officers are using to to track and identify drug use is in many cases wrong and in many cases twenty to thirty years out of date. Right, that's not surprising at all. And this is a convention supposedly to share the newest techniques. Sure. Okay, so, I mean, this is a fairly common thing, right? Right, and that's what the next article I kind of want to emphasize. Let's do it, because this is a heck of a lot more fun. Yeah. You know we love crack. Crack Crack.com is awesome. Well, so the next article is six clearly (laughs) fake news stories that fooled the media. Part 16. (laughs) So uh, that means that if you look at all 16 parts, there's been at least 90 fake news stories. Well, okay, but I would like to point – I'd like to point out that that particular headline could be to pwn you. Except for the fact that I know I've read others in the past, so there's more than one of these on crack.com. <laughs> oh, okay. If you're sure, but it still could it still could be to it still could be to pwn you. Right, exactly. I mean, 16 other parts? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised though. And that's, you know, Well, but see, the, the, but that's the problem. You wouldn't be surprised, but have you verified, sir? No, I admit I am not. All right, verified. there we go. See, so you could be being pwned by that part 16. But especially nowadays with the internet, <laughs> uh, this stuff spreads so fast. Well, we could probably get the headlines from Snopes and uh, and do the same thing, right? Actually, yeah. you know, um, to bounce back to the uh, the police commissioner thing, that goes back. He he picked up on that article two months after it had been proven as a hoax. Yeah, it's he, the same thing as with the parrot story and the fact that they gain a life of their own. Uh, that's true, absolutely. Yeah. Based upon yeah. people's interest in them. Okay, so what? Give give us the first headline of these six of parts uh, well, of sixteen here. Well, the first one deals with the stuff that I had read. Um, selfies could be the culprits behind a massive lice outbreak in teens. Yeah, that's hilarious. And the story was basically that, you know, the teens do the selfies and they put their heads right next to each other. Apparently that's making the lice spread more. <laughs> uh, okay. The next one, well, uh, one interesting thing is you look at these, you know, this first one's definitely just someone came up with some absurd thing and spread it. The next one actually, um, 
talks about Pentagon plans to shrink army to pre-World War II level. That's more based on just not understanding information and not understanding the facts than anything else. You know, the, you have the conservatives come in and say, oh my God, we're cutting down our um, defense spending. We're not going to have anything left. It's pre-World War II levels. Okay, but, but where did they show, but I'm sorry, the New York Times what was, was fooled by this? Well, and basically, like I said, in this case, what it was, was they just weren't looking at all the information. Okay. There's, there's right. some accuracy to it. But at the same time, it doesn't mean what they think it means. Okay, well, it's not funny enough. Go on. <laughs> okay, let's see. The next one was, um, trust a man tries to feed himself to tigers, gets rejected. Nice. <laughs> yeah, then that's one of those that, yeah, this sounds like, you know, made up. Um, right, but here's what I know. Who who fell for this? Where, where, where did, I mean, did this actually, was, was the Daily Mail one of the ones that, that, that re, you know? Because, uh, you know, yeah. it, you can't count the Daily Mail because you know, they're already, you know, the onion in. In many senses. Uh, the, the next one, uh, the leaked iPhone 6 photos are fake. Okay, yeah, I knew about this one. Oh, uh, Then we have Giant Mingo is stolen for PR. And basically, uh, the, the story is in Australia, there was a, there's a giant mango statue and it got stolen. And 33-foot-tall mango is missing. Uh, and, you know, viral. And say who picked that one up? Uh, yeah. And then, of course, um, this one I, I remember seeing going, they wouldn't do that. Uh, basically, a rumor started spreading that there would be a second Space Jam movie with um, LeBron James starring in it. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay. And needless to say, a lot of people... Just, and that one is titled Scary Movie 6, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. Here's yeah. the thing is that, I, you know, I these are some of these, though, are, are not... I mean, I I think with a little bit of research, of course, they could have figured this out. But so, like, the first one's funny, right? And the fact that that got picked up is pretty funny. But the second one, yeah, the the World War Two one, you know, the bad, shrinking the army to World War Two levels. I mean, yeah, is, I mean, is that based on capita percentage? I mean, sure, maybe. I mean, yeah, yeah it's, you know, that's when you need more information to look at the bigger right, picture and understand. The fact that the New York Times picked this up, I mean, I expect more from them, right? I expect more yeah. from them than I do the Daily Mail. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> as far as quality uh, of sources. And that's what's scary is that some of the sources that pick these up. Yeah. Um, and you see that, though, you know, um, and that's one of the things why, you know, talking about the hoaxes, you know, we even tell you for us, don't just take our word for it. If, if you question something we've covered, please look it up and tell us. But most of these places should have a bit more integrity than we do. <laughs> right. But here's the thing is that and interestingly enough. So but a lot of these are being are being identified by crowdsourcing sites. So like yeah. iPhone six Reddit users went way to saying this is bullshit or and the tech journalists. What they didn't catch it in time. And and I don't know which tech journalist it was. I mean, I don't know if it's any of the ones I follow. Right. I hope not. Um, but man, it, and this comes back to losing credibility. We keep we come back to this all, again and again. Right. Where where somebody will do something and they lose credibility with it. yeah and and maybe you know the new york times they they go through so much stuff but i mean still i mean that 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 hurts their credibility when they republish a fake story oh yeah and in this day and age it shouldn't be that hard to really do a little you know background check on anything no so, it isn't it isn't that difficult that no, all you have to do is go to wikipedia <laughs> well, I mean, Wikipedia is fine to, to start with as a source, but you've got to check Wikipedia sources too. Yeah. Uh, actually, I was I was kidding when I said that about oh. Wikipedia. Considering that, <clears throat> you know, Wikipedia can be edited by pretty much anybody who wants to go in and edit an article and wants to enough. 
Well, my favorite was I, still I promise you, though, that that's not true. They might be hmm? – If you don't source it, it will get ripped out. Yeah. But right, still, but you can you can go in there and edit an article anyway. Yeah. After Whether they, you source it or not, and whether it gets removed or not, it may be there at the time that you look at it. Right. And it can be – that article can be altered by somebody and, who's got the best of intentions and wrong information right. or the worst of intentions. Well, one of my favorite ones for that was after – there was a Doctor Who Christmas special where the doctor accidentally marries Marilyn Monroe. It's, it's a background joke, you know, and someone actually – went to Marilyn Monroe's Wikipedia page and put a reference to that there saying, you know, whatever year it was, um, married, uh, um, unnamed stranger. <laughs> and it, it actually got, it was up on Wikipedia for a couple days before it, it got pulled. So, you know, all right. It, tell me about the hoverboard. So, uh, another more recent hoax. Um, of course, what hopefully everyone is familiar with back to the future movies. But in Back to the Future 2, we get to see what the future will be like one year from now. Of course, we're <laughs> going to have flying cars. Yep. Uh, we're going to have um, dehydrated pizzas. Uh, I'm trying to think of all the other. There was a whole bunch of really cool technology in there. But the one that stuck out, of course, was the hoverboards. Um, Marty McFly ends up snagging one and using it throughout the rest of the second movie and thir into the third. But the really cool-looking flying skateboards, basically. Um I remember, there's been jokes for ever since the movie came out, I think, talking about how the secret technology. But um, this one company went and actually did a video showing um, Tony Hawk using one and a few other people getting on them. And, you know, and they actually had Christopher Lloyd um, come in with the hoverboard to begin with and show it off. Um, well, I thought they used I thought I heard they used clips of Christopher Lloyd. No. Um it okay. opens up with him walking out with a case, opening it up and um handing the hoverboard to Tony Hawk. Hmm. Okay. You know, and you know, it, it it's a fun little video. Uh but of course it's bred and people were like, Oh my god, it's real. And so the um people from Funny or Die, who are the ones that put the video up, which kinda should have told you something. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Um actually them and Lloyd did a video apology and actually in the aftermath, Lloyd um is giving away a hoverboard that he's autographed. I'm sorry, um, they had to apologize because a bunch of people thought this was real. Apparently, I mean, give me a break. <laughs> I don't know if they had to, but they decided to. Okay. Yeah, there's not. They actually said they had to do it, but no. But they decided, I mean, right? that they should. That's that's like self-congratulatory. Hey, we're yeah. sorry we fooled all of you. <laughs> I think that might be most of what it was. It could be, be right. Um, they do finish off talking about how the video is a publicity <clears throat> stunt for Back to the Future musical stage play, which is to debut in London, London next year. So. I that might be interesting to find out how well that goes over, but uh, I don't think Back to the Future would make a good musical. Opera now, on the other hand, I could say. <laughs> so that that's a funner hoax that it's kind of surprising people fell for. But the next one is a page that um I haven't checked out for a while. When I decided I wanted to do this for tonight, I had to hunt it down again. The page is called Literally Unbelievable, and what it is is it's going and looking at people's Facebook comments to Onion articles. And there are, you look through some of these, people are taking way too seriously. It's like, this is the onion. You know, the first thing I do whenever I see an article that doesn't sound right, and I look, oh, who did it? The onion? Okay, I know what it is. But so one of my favorites, um, I think it's on the second page, although this changes every day as they add stuff on. There's an article called, John Kerry sits in shadows of Cave Cafe awaiting woman known only as Dasha. Nice. Well, I don't know. 
there's actually some person who said, I don't know if that's real. It looks like um, he's been photoshopped in. Let's see if I can find the actual comment here. Oh, the, yeah. The onion isn't very reliable. The pic looks like the Secretary of State was photoshopped <clears> in. <throat> like, yeah, they don't really hide the fact they photoshopped some of these. Oh, here's another great one. Um, New Doctors Without Licenses program provides incompetent medical care to refugees. And the comment is, what the fuck? That idiot has the blood pressure clip around the guy's head. You can't take blood pressure from the head. This can't be real. You know, are you guys worried about sea level rising? Did you know that this that it could be a huge problem? It could rise a foot or more if a lot of people go swimming. <laughs> it's not clear if it's okay to pass handicap handicapped woman on sidewalk. Well, another one I really was liking: emergency crews attempt to rescue Olympic figure skater who fell through ice. <laughs> and of course, what you see is you see basically the Olympic skater kind of thing, but with a pond hole in it. You know, at the Olympic ring, and this person, this is so sad and scary. Here, brief moment of lucidity called panic attack. New marijuana study says everybody knows you're high and you'll all like being st- and you all like being stoned forever. But, but the main thing is, what are the comments related to it? You know, I don't know. I'm reading. I'm really... here's the thing. I'm reading these right off of the onion.com. This is I'm reading yeah. this right off of their web page. These are their to these are their new ones today. I'm getting a kick out of man, de- man dies after secret four-year battle with gorilla. Nice. <laughs> yeah, there's all these people why was he so stupid to keep the gorilla in his house? Here, breaking news. Spirited college student might actually have chance of getting Frisbee. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing is that it's so easy to track these things back to these, you know, to these satirist sites, you know, the onion, um, the daily current. And it, it's, what a lapse of pop culture that uh, that police chiefs don't realize that it's a hoax. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, but the, a lot of people don't realize. They, they look at these articles you and know, they fall for it. I mentioned before the podcast, the War of the Worlds broadcast that uh, that Orson Welles did, and you said that there was more to it. I, I had always gotten the impression that it was a pretty widespread panic from it, but you said there was more to it than that. Well. What I've read is that the widespread panic wasn't really as widespread as the um, stuff would want you to believe. It's kind of a hoax within that. You know, yeah, people fell for it and were worried, but the aftermath of it wasn't really as intense as the, um, I I guess it's urban legend now, of it would have you believe. Because, you know, yeah, people fell for it, but there wasn't all the mindless panicking that um, what we understood from it suggests. But, you know, it, it's it, it's built up over time. So, you know, it, I think there's something within the human psyche that kind of wants to fall for this stuff. We, we let ourselves. We, we let ourselves be more gullible than we should. You know, and I mean, like I said, to start, everyone sooner or later falls for something. Of and, you know, not necessarily, you know, the, the point where you're going to take it to a Senate hearing and use it, but the point where, oh, my God, that really happened. And even let yourself have a few moments of, you know, not looking it up and getting word or even spreading it to someone, you know, saying, oh, did you hear this? And then you go back and you look like, oh, crap, I'm an idiot. I fell for right. it. You know, so, it's interesting, there's though. There's a in our psyche that opens us up to this, I think. Look, look at how many people watch Fox News. And we know that statistics. <laughs> They have the least amount of facts, right? Yeah. So, 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 and, but the people who are watching it don't see it that way. As far as they're concerned, those are the facts and everybody else is wrong. 
And it's, it's like that one kid that um, showed up with the video showing how Acorn was um, helping pimps and stuff and it had no problem with human trafficking. That story ruined people's lives. It um, hurt Acorn big time and helped lead to um, disassembling that organization. Yet, in truth, the video was highly doctored. And um, the they did follow official Acorn procedures in that most of the people that he approached with that whole story afterwards reported to the police saying, hey, it looks like something might be up. The, the official Acorn procedure was if someone comes in doing something that seems illegal like that, you play up to them. You get all the information. And that if you look at the videos, that's exactly what they did. They got all the information from the guy as to what was going on. And, you know, they played along with him. But they did exactly legally what they were supposed to do in the aftermath, and they turned all their information over to the cops, saying there may be some human trafficking going on. You might want to look into it. And yet, Fox News has never apologized for that. And that this one kid come in there who wanted his 15 minutes of fame, who hoaxed the nation in a video that was highly doctored. Right. So it clearly happens. All right, guys. So it, it just to me, this is one thing people need to be aware of. You know, think you see something that doesn't sound quite right, just go the extra step and make sure. Right, but we had two different sections tonight that show how how journalism can get out of control. One was a real story that has be has become an urban legend, and the the other are hoaxes that you know that they get propagated as real news stories. They're both media failures of, of some sort. And like I said, you know, we, we made a, we made a mistake in one of our episodes and, and I caught it and we removed that piece. On the other hand, you know, we're, we're an opinion piece, right? We're not, we're not where people well, actually, we made that. We made a mistake in a prior episode way back when I don't remember what episode it was, but, uh, we reported on something that wasn't sourced very well, which was the yeah, crow well, we, vending machine. Sure, sure, exactly. So, yeah, so, I mean, it can happen, but. And that was, that was, that was our belief that, that crows were that smart that made us not check that very well. Right, so. Well, actually, the one I got the most crap on was our comment about the old lady with the McDonald's coffee. Right, yeah, we had to, we had to go back yes. and completely redo that one. So, it, it happens, we correct them, but. The difference is, is that we are not trying to be a source of news, right? We're an opinion piece. Yeah. When, when well, we don't claim to have any integrity, right? That's true, and we have none. Yeah, still have more than some of these news. Exactly. That to have integrity. That's the thing that kills me is that we, I mean, and, but we don't have a. We, I mean, we're not pandering to an audience either, and a lot of these sites are pandering to an audience. Fox News is pandering to an audience. Right. Um, the Huffington Post is pandering to an audience. They need those views. They need those page clicks. They, you know, they need people to buy their product. Um, and so that when when you need somebody to purchase something from you, or you need to, or you need to attract somebody to your site, there is a different mentality about how you do that. And there's some ethics there that need to be examined. Oh, definitely. So, all right. Is there anything else, guys? I think I think we're done. Yeah, I, I think we're ready. Right. All right. Say good night, everybody. Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720-295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share-alike, no-derivatives, 3.5 license. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Intro music by Peter Canold. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash p-k-a-n-o-l. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork 
for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Board. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.